0: Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Dana Carlson for today's message. So, I guess I'm going to start with this prayer in Ephesians, even though I know we're studying Proverbs. Um, The title of my message today I wrestled with, like I wrestled with every part of this message today, Um, but finally settled with this morning the title of Don't Fear the Repeat. All right, so let's turn here to Ephesians, uh, if, you're, if you have your Bible, and I'm going to just pray a prayer, starting with uh, 16 through 19. Father, I pray this for us here today, that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner men here this morning and that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in your love and able to comprehend with every saint what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. Oh, that's good. I feel like Pastor Paul reading Proverbs 3. There's a lot in there. Hallelujah. There's a lot in there. Um, But the things of God, not just his love, but all the things of God, all the things of the kingdom of God, have height and depth and length and breadth. And you can never know the end of these things. The things of God, once your eyes are open to the kingdom, and I really think that's what it takes. I mean, if you're praying for someone that isn't saved, pray that. Pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Because, honestly, if anyone saw what we saw, they would want it, too. Yeah. Seriously, they don't see it. I lived many years of my life without seeing it. I was even born again, because I was born again, technically, when I was 12 years old, at a Lowell Lundstrom crusade in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. My grandma took me, and my sisters, and he gave an altar call, and. <sighs> I went running down there, blubbering like a baby. I mean, I, I, I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I needed Jesus. I knew all that. And, um, and then I just didn't get it. It's like there was still blinders on my eyes. And uh, I won't go into my whole testimony now, but um, I floundered for a lot of years not seeing, not seeing, not seeing. And then one day, the lights came on, and I've never been the same. I was like, bing, and it's a whole new world. Hallelujah. It's like Kara and her LASIK surgery, bing. <laughs> She's like, Mom, I've seen things I've never seen before. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what have you never seen before? And she said, well, the light in our bathroom has swirls in it cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God for eyes that see. Seriously. She said, mom, even the colors are brighter than they ever were before. And of course I can see in the shower and I can see when I get up at night, I can see what time it is. Tripsing up the stairs to use the bathroom. I can see. Hallelujah. Praise God for eyes that see. Not just natural eyes. We're talking about spiritual eyes. That see, see, see. <laughs> So there's, like I say, the kingdom of God is a system. It's a, it's a, it's a whole system, and it doesn't work like any other kingdom or any other system that we know of. It works according to God's way, according to this way. Um, do you know that the world knowledge used to believe that the world was flat, and the, the, you know, as far as they could see, when people would leave, you know, in in a boat or something on a ship and, you know, get out of sight, they they believe they just fell off. (laughs) You know, but we all know better now, don't we? You know, so there's things that we have to learn. And, you know, I think years ago, explorers were all about exploring, you know, like the next region that hasn't ever been seen before and bigger and grander and bigger and grander things. and, And then... In the last hundred years, it's been interesting to be alive in the time that we're in because a lot of the technology that we are seeing today is smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Seriously, there's no end to the grandness of God, and there's no end to the minuteness of God, and he's in all of it. I thought that was cool that we sang that song today and that Stephen even brought that point out that, you know, he holds the universe. And he holds our lives, too, not just every part of our lives. Oh, he's so awesome. So we are, we are continuing in Proverbs. And uh, when I knew I was going to do a Sunday, I just assumed that I was going to do my favorite Proverbs verse, which was Proverbs 3. I won't read it. Pastor already read it in another version, but in the King James, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. And I've been sort of on this journey with God in the last years of late, uh, learning how to trust him in ways that I've never trusted him before and and meditating on that word trust and looking at that word trust. And you know how that is when God's doing something in you. It's like, You see that word everywhere, wherever you turn, trust, 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 and and you get more understanding on it. I thought I I trusted God, and, and I do trust God, but I'm learning some depths and heights of that trust. And so I spent a lot of time in the beginning knowing that I was going to do a Proverbs teaching about that word trust. And... Then this week here, now before um, I know I'm going to preach, uh, it was was a difficult week. (laughs) And I didn't feel like I had the time I wanted to prepare in the way that I felt like I needed to. And God just kept bringing me back to trust. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I'll trust, I can trust, I can do that, I can trust you. So he kept bringing me back to trust and bringing me back to trust. And then, uh, so this is like Friday, I just know in my heart, and by the way, that's not what you're supposed to teach about either. And I was like, what? Now I really don't have time. What you talking about? Trust. And so I was like, okay. So sometimes... Um, when you're a minister, God will have you studying along the lines for your own life to apply that, and it's not necessarily what he wants you to share with everybody. So that was just an interesting little thing, huh? Um, But what I want to do is let's head over there to Proverbs, and what I want to do first is I've got this great Bible. Um, It's falling apart. And I I really don't want to get another one. I know I'm going to have to get another one, but it's holding together okay. Some of the maps are falling out. None of the, you know, really important parts are falling out yet. So that's good. But in the beginning of each one of these books, um, you know that the Bible is a book of books. (laughs) There are books inside this book. And at the beginning of every book... I don't even know who wrote these little summaries, but they're awesome. I love to read the summaries. I've been reading through my Bible, and, and um, I don't know about you, but there are two different kinds of people in the world. There are people that skip through, you know, the, the summaries and just go right for, you know, the meat. And then there are people that like to watch the summaries. I mean, it's, they do that on TV, too. You know, you're going to watch a show, and there's, like, the preview. Oh, I want to see what's coming up. I want to know where it's going, and then we have another one in the house that's—it that ruins it for them. So, oh, we have to watch that. Mom's in the room. You know, I like to just—I like to analyze, and I like to, you know, but you know, when I'm not there, they—they they skip through all that, you know, and they just go right for—you know—they don't want to spoil it or whatever. But I just love to know where we're, where I'm going. <laughs> in life, seriously. And and I, I really like the old fashioned maps where you see the whole state yeah. on one piece of paper and you don't have to on your phone or whatever it is to <laughs> where the heck are we? Don't know where I am. I wanna know where I am in perspective, and then I then I can, you know, use the little dot. It just like shows you you're just like here in this block. I'm like, no, no, I'm in a place bigger than that. I like to have perspective. Are we going north? Are we going south? Are we going east? Are we going west? I know I'm ridiculous. but Anyway, so this is, this is what my Bible says about this book of Proverbs. It says the key word in Proverbs is wisdom. And it says the ability to live life skillfully. A godly life in an ungodly world however is no simple assignment proverbs provides god's detailed instructions for his people to deal successfully with neighbors and government god parents no I, okay sorry i missed a line his that's why i moved over here to the pulpit so i could set it down and put my finger down here let's do it right here it says um Proverbs provides God's detailed instructions for his people to deal successfully with the practical affairs of everyday life, how to relate with God, parents, children, neighbors, and government. Solomon, the principal author, uses a combination of poetry, parables, pithy questions, short stories, and wise maxims to give a striking, uh, memorable form of common sense and divine perspective Necessary to handle life's issues. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. So Proverbs is is the bomb. (laughs) I mean, if you don't read Proverb a day, you are missing out. And that is my whole goal today, is to motivate you to desire to read a Proverb a day. (laughs) Um... And hopefully I can do that. Proverbs 4, I'm going to just read my key verse here in Proverbs. Proverbs 4.20, it says, My son or daughter, attend to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So this word, this Bible you know, not just the Proverbs. I mean, we're talking about Proverbs, but honestly, I just want to motivate you to get in the Word. Yeah, you know, and Proverbs is cool because like, like I read, you know, it's like applied wisdom for your life in all areas. And um, can I give you a secret to, this is just another little tidbit about the Bible and about reading the Proverbs and everything. You don't have to understand everything to do it. Praise God. You know, it's like that in life too. I, don't, I still don't understand how a car works, but I have a key and I learn to drive and I expect when I put the key in the car and turn it, I'm going to go down the road and go where I need to go. I don't have to understand it all. Sometimes intelligence or an overactive analytical mind, um, the, you know, that thought that you have to figure everything out, it can really be a hindrance. You know, so just do it. I feel like Nike, but (laughs) seriously, just do it. Somebody told me that like right away when I got born again to read a proverb every day, and I did. And I read other things too, but I, I, you know, if you're going to listen to Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul's going to say spend the majority of your time in the New Testament, in Paul's teachings, which I agree. Spend time in the New Testament, Um, Because we interpret the Old Testament now by the New Testament. You have to understand what covenant we are in and what testament we are living in right now in order to really understand the old. But um, Proverbs is wisdom. And I remember, even as a young Christian, I just read it, and I didn't always understand it. Most of the time I didn't understand it, and you know how I feel about that. (laughs) But I did it, and you know... Not immediately, not in a week or two or whatever, but it was like over a course of a year probably, I just, people would talk to me and suddenly I would just like, boop, blurt out this thing to them and they were like, wow, that's really wise. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, yeah. But it was because I was feeding on Wisdom, and it just came out of my mouth. It came out of my heart. It came out of my life. And that's how the Bible is. Um, so I have another couple of Proverbs, but um, I guess I'll just mention them. Proverbs 4.10, we don't need to turn here, but it says, Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I like that word, here. <laughs> It's, again, like, you know, you have to have eyes to see, but, you know, we have ears, spiritual ears, too. We need ears to hear. Ears to hear. You know, it's like once you tune in God in yourself, it's like, it's like the old-time radios, you know, where you tune them in, tune them into a channel. It's like that with your spirit man. There's like a tuning that happens, and once you, once you know, you know, that God's channel is whatever, 98.5, You can tune in and listen to him all day, every day, in every situation that you have. Um, But until you learn where that is, just kind of like, just, you, you, you know, sometimes people's heads are too intelligent and weighty and they want to figure everything out before they take one step or sometimes just their flesh. I mean, we all have flesh to deal with. Uh, but the truth is, if you spend time in God's word every day, it said it's medicine to all your flesh. Yeah. Glory to God. God. Not just sick flesh, but like out of order flesh. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. What, I've seen it in my life over time, over time, over time. I mean, I, I'm i evolving. I'm changing. When I, When the kids were little, you can ask them. I was a pretty good mom. I was really, really can I use that word? I, I don't know how else to say it, but anal about like neatly neatness and order and cleanliness to the point where it was like, you know, I couldn't go to bed at night until every toy was found in, in the right box and blah, 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 you know, so that was going on. Not right now, girls, I got to clean the fridge or, you know, what I mean, I mean, I wasn't the best mom kind of in that way, but I learned how to set those things aside by listening and tuning into the Holy Ghost. But the one area that would just, I, the reason I'm going off on this is my flesh, and I've seen me grow in this as I spend time in the Word. But when the kids were little, if they spilled anything or if I spilled anything, just spills, any kind of spill would just like send me through the roof of the flesh. You know, it was just like, oh. And just, you know, the kids were just running, hiding in their rooms. And I was just, you know, I might even swear. Seriously. Just like, it didn't matter what it was, melt down the cracks of the table and onto the chairs and onto the floor. Or, you know, grab the blueberries and they're all over and they're under the fridge and they're everywhere. And you find them months later even, you know, those kind of things just set my flesh off flesh. Well, I didn't even like set out to change that about myself. I just, I don't know. I just figured that was me. You know, don't spill anything around me. (laughs) (laughs) No accidents. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And it didn't like, yeah, it was, it was, you know, whatever. So anyway, but I've noticed just like in the last five or six years, I'm changing. It's like, I think it was just even like a week or so ago, Casey had this big accident. It was just like, boom. Was it cereal? Yes. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the whole box, just like, psh, not anywhere near where it should be, and it was just everywhere, and she was looking at me like, what's mom going to do now? And uh, <laughs> And she was just like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's just, I went and got the broom, and, you know, we just, just you know, picked it up. I mean, I could feel the heat of my flesh rising up, but it wasn't, like, overpowering me. It wasn't like I couldn't choose to just say, it's just spilled cereal, right? right? But that I can only attribute to spending time in God's Word and just the word that's in me being a medicine to my flesh. Oh, it's so good. So my goal today, like I said, is to motivate you to want to spend time in the word because the word will hit every area of your life. You know, Lester Summerall, I'm quoting him. He said, God wants you and I to have a reserve of strength that only he can give in life. Whether it be a spill or whether it be a very traumatic event, he wants us to have reserve. And the only way you can have reserve is if you are spending daily time in the word. And no one can do it for you. It's something that only you can do for you. Jeremiah said that spending time with God and his word is like eating food. Most of us love to eat food. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and the word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. So meditation, Daily time in the Word, you can call it whatever you want, um, is like feeding on God's Word, okay? It's giving your spirit man a chance to have some sustenance and grow up and be strong and overtake your mind and your emotions and your flesh and all those other things that we have to deal with being a human being. And the thing about it is, it's just like food. A little every day is great. Do a little every day. I mean, we're supposed to eat whatever, three times a day. I prefer to graze five times a day, you know, not really ever sit down and do like too much at once, you know. Maybe one time a day I eat a little bit bigger meal, but I would rather just kind of graze. However you eat, it's, it's a little at a time, and it's daily. You do it daily, and you, your body has strength, right? And there's, there's joy in it, right, most of the time. There's joy in, in eating. It's not a terrible thing. I remember uh, <clears throat> last time I preached, everybody was in Haiti, and um, my dog in the springtime is just like, he's a hairy dog. He's a, um Australian shepherd, and he needs to be brushed. You know, in the wintertime, you can kind of take a little bit of a break because... It's like cold out, and I don't know, the hair kind of knows it needs to stay there to keep him warm or something. But when springtime comes, it's like, oh, he's got to be brushed, you know? And I guess, you know, always before I approached it like it was this big deal, and I had to do it, you know, and I'd just do it. And, well, getting ready for the Haiti trip, and then when he was gone and all of this stuff, suddenly it's like midsummer, and I still haven't, like, dealt with the dog and his brushing and all that, and it was like, at this point, it was like there was big wads in there, and, you know, it was just like, ugh. And you couldn't just give him a bath. It, I mean, it needed to be taken care of, and I was overwhelmed. You know, this thing was just like one of those things nagging on my list that I just, it overwhelmed me <clears throat> until I had this awesome thought that came to me at when I was at your house, Mom, with Karen and Amy, and once a year... My mom and two sisters, we get together for two nights, and we call it WOW, and it's Women Only Weekend. It's never on the weekend because I'm a pastor, and weekends don't usually work for me, but we call it weekend anyway. And we spend time together, and anyway, it was during that time, so isn't that neat? So time away is important, balance in life and all that, but what came to me is to do a little every day. And we would do it before we go on a walk because that's something that we do consistently is we take the dog on a walk and then We walk, and, you know, it's something that we try to do every day. So a little bit every day. And it was really neat. I started out with the scissors. I didn't even start out with the brush. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It was like cut as many clumps as you can that are just like you can't brush them out. You know, so, I mean, just a little every day. And he was cool with it, and we were cool with it. And literally within, well, I could notice a difference within three days. And then after that, it was just like... You know, and now it's like a once-a-week maintenance brush, you know? But I'm saying with the, with the word, you know, just do a little every day, and you will just be amazed at how much strength. That's why I like that word, to just read a proverb a day, because you're going to have wisdom. I guarantee you, if I can just guarantee you, because the word is true, that if you read a proverb a day for the next year, you will find yourself operating in wisdom that is not coming from your head. You're just gonna be going down the road and go it just kind of it just kinda of pops up from here, not here. I mean here it's like the wheels are turning and you gotta figure everything out and it's like but when when revelation knowledge comes, when God speaks to you, it just kinda of just like it comes up like a bubble or something, just from here, like boop, wow. And it feels like that old commercial from the 70s or 60s that says I could have had a V8. Seriously, that's how, just how it feels. It's just like, oh, I get it. The light bulb comes on. So keeping the word in our heart is the goal. And I'm going to spend the remainder of our time today. How much time do I have? Probably 15 minutes. Okay, yeah, the remainder of our time today, I'm going to talk about God's word as if it were a seed. Okay, now Jesus said, that the word is a seed, and he went into a bunch of stuff about that. But according to First Peter, and uh, I guess it was Peter that wrote Peter, huh? Okay, so Peter said uh, in First Peter one twenty-three that the word of God is the incorruptible seed. So everything in here is a seed, okay? Um, and th- some things about seed: if you keep seed in the soil and water it, it will grow. Isn't that something? Isn't that simple? And uh, what I, okay, my goal is to get you to want to be in the Word, but my second little goal here is the title of my message. Don't fear the repeat, folks. It's okay if you've read this before. It's okay if you've even had a revelation of it before because there are deeper things, there are wider things, there are higher things, you cannot come to the end of a revelation from God. So the first time you hear something, it's like the seed is planted in your heart. We're going we're gonna to read it in Mark, but I'm just telling you. It's like it's planted in your heart. And then every time you hear it after that, it's like you're watering that seed. You're watering that seed. It doesn't matter if you've heard it a hundred times or a million times. It's watering the seed. And if the seed stays in the ground and it gets watered, it's going to grow. Amen. And guess what? You're going to have fruit. You're not going to have fake fruit either. You're going to have organic fruit. You're going to have the best kind of fruit. Seriously. Because it's the kind of fruit that only God can give you. Only God do any of us really understand how that all works anyway? I mean, seriously, there's another scripture about that. You know, we plant the seed and we water and it grows and we know not how. But it works. It just works. So a seed, when I think about a seed, I think it, can, it represents incremental growth, you know, In other words, you know, if you check on a seed day after day that you've watered in the ground, um, there's not much change sometimes. But week after week, month after month, year after year, suddenly there's a change. And of course it depends on what kind of fruit you're sowing and all of that. But, you know, we have this awesome opportunity to watch a field grow because we walk through the middle of a cornfield every day and it's like, It used to just be a cornfield, and there used to be a dead end in our neighborhood, but they opened up the dead end, and they built a road right through the cornfield. And so all of the neighbors and everyone, we use that to do our walks. And if you go down, if you start at our house and go down this way to the stop sign and back and forth, you go two miles. So we walk right through the middle of a cornfield. And uh, there's different seasons of the corn right now it's all just tall they haven't harvested it yet and it's dry and that's a good thing I guess you know they didn't have to pay to have it dried it's just like dried right on the stalks right now and and uh, pretty soon one of these days we're going to go out there and it's going to be harvested and I love it when it's harvested because I can see they actually built the road a little too sharp of a corner seriously and you can't see If you're barreling down the road, coming from 25, down that road through the thing, and you make that turn, if you're not aware, you know, if you don't see somebody's walking, you know, one time we had a great big semi-truck just I mean, ran us off the road and into the ditch. We were just walking. You know, it was like, hmm. So now it's like, when the corn is up and I can't see if a car is coming, I I get a little nervous. I want to, you know, I want to know there isn't going to be something coming around that corner really fast. So I can't wait till they harvest that corn, <laughs> and then we're going to be able to see for a long time again. And the other thing about that field is sometimes every other it seems like every other year they'll do corn or beans or something low, and I love it when it's a low year because you can just see. And then we had the threat of bears this year, so it's like, mm, how do I know a bear isn't in there, you know, helping himself to corn or whatever, you know? So anyway. I like to see, but that corn, we, we watch it. We watch it grow. We watch it. You know, wonder what they planted this year. And then we see the blades come up. Oh, yeah, it's corn. And they always say knee high by the 4th of July, and we judge it by that. You know, it was way higher this year um, bef- at, at the 4th of July. And thank God our farmers this year, you know, were able to harvest the corn because there was a lot of areas where the drought was at the wrong timing. So I believe that's prayer. <laughs> we pray for this whole area to prosper. Fruit of prayer. I was thinking about the different way that things grow, too. And I don't know if you all know this, but um, when we moved to Menominee, uh, we had lived in Minneapolis in Crystal, and uh, my parents at that time had been in Kentucky for 12 years, and they moved to Minneapolis, so they bought our home. So when we moved to Menominee, my parents bought our home. And uh, before, of course, they bought the home, we planted a couple of trees. And we went to the nursery, and we don't know that much about trees or anything like that, but we just said, okay, we want one that's going to be really, really pretty, fun colors, and another one that's going to grow fast. Okay? Because we just needed some shade. And so... We lived in that house for years and years, and the one that they said it was a silver maple that was supposed to grow fast, it just was like a dud. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It was years we had that. And the other one, is that one colorful? No. No. (laughs) So it's like whoever told us this, you know, they just led us astray, you know. It's like some kind of, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't get like that bright red. I wanted a bright red, you know. But anyway... But the, what happened is the one that was supposed to go grow, grow fast was just, like, stunted, and the other one um, kept growing and didn't get bright or whatever, you know. So, but I've had the opportunity to watch it now because my parents live there. And do you know, when was it? Like, just shortly after they moved in to that house, that little tree that I was just tempted to rip out many times except that we never had time, we just, whatever, you know, just year after year. It, it just took off. And that thing is just doing exactly what it said it was supposed to do. So it's just interesting, you know, how things grow. You know, interesting to watch how they grow. And we don't understand it. I think my mom and I have reasoned together over many hours. Possibly the reason could be there's a great big rock under there, or something that we had no idea was there. It was stunting it, stunting it, stunting it, but it was there long enough that the roots had a chance to grow around it, and then once it got to where it had some good soil, it just took off. So that's our... (laughs) That's our theory. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the truth is, you can't reap a harvest where no seed has been sown. And that's where you get all these fake fruits, and these forced fruits, and these, you know, fruits that just... They might look pretty, but they they don't taste good, you know? So what we want is the kind of fruit that can only come from just daily watering, daily watering and trusting the Lord. So you will not see any power until the seed is planted in you. Let me say that again. You will not see any power in your life until that seed is planted in you. And like I said, let's just see what Jesus had to say about seeds in Mark 4. Hallelujah. He has some really interesting things to say about seeds. Probably, uh, well, yeah, we could start in verse 4, verse 9. And he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. So he had just, in the previous verses, you know, told the parable, and now he's going to explain the parable to his disciples because the disciples didn't always get it, (laughs) kind of like us. I love the disciples. I love that they were real. And I love that the Bible shows us they were real too. You know, it doesn't just show perfect people. It shows Peter got so ticked off, he cut off an ear of someone, you know? And it shows, you know, little competitions, you know, like John talking about how fast he can run and how much Jesus loved him. (laughs) You know, he loves me. It's all good, but it's just funny, isn't it? People are fun and funny if you just don't take everything so seriously all the time and just interesting people make it interesting and when he was alone um, they said that so he was going to explain it and he said to them unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God but unto them that are without these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may not hear and Not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins be forgiven them. And then he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? So, in other words, Jesus was saying this is about as basic as it gets, disciples. If you don't understand this, how are you going to understand anything about how the kingdom works? You know, Jesus was a genius. And the Holy Ghost in us is a genius. And one thing about geniuses, if you're a true genius, okay, not a fake one, but a true genius, uh, you can take difficult things and make them easy to grasp. (laughs) By telling parables, he was bringing the mystery of the kingdom into everyday life. I'm so thankful that we have the Holy Spirit in us to explain things to us. And he breaks it down and makes it so that we can understand it. It's not high and lofty and beyond us. So the sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness and having no root in themselves and so endure for a time. But afterwards, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they were offended. Whew, watch out for offense. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entered in, choking the word and it became unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. Remember I told you before I'm on this little thing about trust, the Holy Spirit and I, just everything is trust. Well, the other word that stands out to me everywhere I look is receive. And those of you that heard my last message, you know what what I'm talking about. We have to be good receivers of God's love for us, or we don't have anything to give. So you have to receive it. Then it brings forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. The thing I want to point out, I mean, I could, you know, theologians have spent years on this. It's huge, but it's really very simple at the same time. So all of us have a fair shot. It's not like, oh, I have this kind of a heart, or I have, and they have this kind of a heart. No, all of us have the same soil. All of us have the same heart. All of us do. It's a it's a fair shot. And what determines the ground of our heart is our choices. So what are just a few things, I got just a couple minutes, that we need to watch out for as we're purposing to get in the Word daily for ourselves and get that seed in there and keep it watered, okay? Um, just when the word is sown in your heart, it says the devil comes immediately to steal the word because he knows that if the seed stays and is watered, you're going to grow and have stability and eventually fruit in your life. So he he wants to do it immediately. Most times, it can happen out there in the foyer. I mean, it can happen, you know, chipping over your bag out in the parking lot. Spraining your ankle. Well, I thought the word worked. You know, whatever. It's just, it's circumstances and it's mental warfare in your mind immediately. Then if he doesn't get you that way, it'll be persecutions and afflictions and offense are some of the first things that he'll try to get you with. You know, even if your offense is validated, it's not worth it. Don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Then, if he can't get you that way, he'll try with cares and deceits and lusts. You know, the Bible describes it as choking out the word, you know? And again, this is something else. He's not really after you personally. He could really care less about you personally. But what he's after is the word that's sown in your heart. Okay? So guard your heart and guard the word and guard the revelations and guard the things that God gives you, okay? Um, as far as cares, and especially cares, uh, one of the key to living free from cares is to live as much as possible in the now. You know, wherever you are, be all there. Don't borrow trouble from yesterday or tomorrow. It's the only way to be carefree. I mean, Wednesday, I told you I had a really rough week. And Paul says, I said, Paul, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And he said, listen, we've got to get you preaching so that you can get free <laughs> from this attack. <laughs> I mean, it just would have extended, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Wednesday night, I had had a week, and, and I just, I was, it, I felt like the cares of my life were like stuck on me, like, <laughs> literally, like, and, and I'd pray, and it would be like, You know, I could feel the the cares, like, maybe go this far out, and then it would go back on, you know? And it was like, and I couldn't get free. I couldn't get free. And um, finally, I, I just told the other prayers that were here, thank God, you know, we have a church where we can be free, where we can be us, where we can just be who God made us to be. And I just turned to the other prayers there, and I said, listen, I can just tell that I am not free I've asked God to take these cares. I'm just trying to get these. I said, i got to run a few laps. And they were like, cool, okay. (laughs) Watched me run. I just ran. And as I ran, I just felt the cares coming off me. Hallelujah. And then it's a choice after that. It's a choice as soon as I leave. Do I'm going to take it back or not? You know, it's a choice. But we can't be afraid of the repeat button. We cannot be afraid of doing something over and over and over and over and over, just like eating or just like planting seeds and making sure they're watered. My mom told me a tip. My mom and dad are quite good with plants and all that stuff, but she said the first year you plant a tree, you have to water it every day. Every day. It needs a least minimum of a bucket of water. After that, pretty much they're fine. But a tree needs watering every single day at first. So don't be afraid of the watering, the watering, the watering. 1 Corinthians 3.6 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just have, I'm going to close with one more scripture talking about the word being a seed, and that's in Galatians 6, uh, 7 through 9. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. So hang in there. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And there's nothing wrong with your soil. So get that other stuff out of there so that it can be watered. Keep it watered. Keep it watered. Keep it watered. Every day, keep it watered. Okay? Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.